Hey, let's give it up for Jesus one more time across this place. We are so excited. Absolutely. Hey, listen, we are so pumped to be in the Sushi Sex and Subtitle series, and I'm particularly excited to be coming to you, not just you uh, in the room, but also all over uh, the United States and the world. We're excited to be in so many different places, and I'm recording this right now in front of our live audience, which is my Pipeline students from small groups. We're excited to have you guys. All right, so... So we've got a number of things happening at TC, and one of those, one of those things uh, requires us to, man, just get the church ready for where it's going. And so that's why we're doing some sermons like this where we're getting ready to show uh, not just live preaching, but also some preaching on the, uh, the screen behind me uh, or what you're watching live right now uh, and to get ready for what God is doing. It's just amazing. The growth is amazing. We're getting ready to facilitate it in all the ways we know how. Praise God for the 21st century with technology, right? And we are in the Sushi Sex and Subtitles series, uh, and so excited about how we can look at how God wants our relationships, our marriages, all those things to be and work. And so uh, we, we're, we're picking up this week right where we've left off in the weeks prior. I know God's moving in your life. And I know for me, one of the hardest things that I had to deal with as I was getting older was the reality of not knowing what I was supposed to be looking for when I got married. Like one of the one of the hardest things to try to figure out is like what am I looking for when I get married? Like what 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 am I what am I supposed to have? And the even harder part for me, especially, I knew ministry was a calling on my life. I had a lot of people's voices in my head, like you need to be looking for this, and you need to be looking for this, and this is the kind of spouse you need to have, and and you need to and, and to be quite frank with you, a lot of the things that a lot of very godly, well-intentioned people told me was I need to be looking for a spouse, and they gave me a list of things that get this, none of those things describe my wife. <laughs> so like they're trying to like help me. And again, well-intentioned, godly men speaking into my life saying, you need this, this, and this. But hear me, that wasn't what God had for me. And so it became difficult. And and in the process, one of the things they never taught me was what I want to kind of teach you today. Uh, The title of my message is, That Girl is Poison. Okay, and so, and so uh, now for the record, before, like, if you're a feminist in the room and you get mad at me or something, like, calm down. The girl is a metaphor, okay, because uh, I want to talk to you today about poisonous relationships and what they might look like. And so uh, I want to help you with this. But before we do that, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever realized how dangerous it is to follow your own heart? Like, have you ever, like, how many guys know the desires of our hearts can lead us astray? Like, how many of us have been in relationships, right? You were in a relationship and you followed your heart and it led to heartache, right? So, so how many of us have realized how dangerous it is to follow your heart? And the, the reality is this, the Bible says this, it says the human heart is the most deceitful and desperately wicked. So from, if you ever heard people say, if you just knew my heart, well, we know your heart. Right? What, what is your, it says it's deceitful and desperately wicked. All right, so we don't, we don't need to know any more about your heart. What we need to know is how are you lining your heart up with what God wants? And that's what we have to focus on as we're looking at God's desire for us. So how are we aligning what God wants us to have? Because here's the thing that I've realized. A lot of us in life, we're looking for the right things. The problem is we're pursuing them at a pace we're not supposed to be pursuing them at. And because of that, what we find ourselves doing is ending up in the wrong place at the wrong time. And the reason I know this is everything God wants to bring into your life, he will bring into your reach. 
So, so for so many people, I'm looking for a wife, and I'm looking for this, and I'm looking for that, and, I'm, and, and you're trying to find it. And, and for some people, you're going to drastic extents to find something that, listen to me, if God wants you to have it, he'll bring it into your reach. You won't have to go beyond your reach to find it. And I think so many people relationally overextend themselves trying to make something happen for themselves. And that's when we get ourselves in trouble, right? You see, what we know, according to the Bible, is that God's divine power has given us, say that word, everything we need for a godly life. So, so God knows what kind of spouse you need. So it's not up to you to knock down every door trying to find the right one. And, and I'll give you this for free. We'll get to this in a minute. You definitely don't need to go to places that challenge your character to try to find the person you're tired of waiting on God to bring you. So you, we have to make sure that we're putting ourselves in the right place to find it, right? And the reason I think this part of this happens is in Proverbs, it says this, right? In Proverbs, it says, without, where there is no vision or revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. Now, the, these words here, where there is no revelation, some translations say vision. If you don't have a revelation, if you don't have a vision for what you're supposed to have in your life as far as your dating, your marriage, a spouse, if you don't have a vision for that, well, then guess what? You're always going to be throwing the restraint aside and constantly looking for things or finding things. Because how many guys have gone not necessarily looking for the wrong thing, but you found it, Right? And I hear, I hear people asking this question all the time. I hear them asking this question all the time. And here's the question I hear people asking, right? Are they the right one? <laughs> Are they the right one? Like, you hear people, like, so you're dating someone. Maybe you're in a relationship right now. Maybe there's someone that there's a potential for a relationship and you're trying to like, are they the right one? Are they like, could, like, could I marry this person? And, and here, here's my challenge to you. If you're single, particularly if you're single, I think this, this needs to be the better question for you. And it applies to you if you're married, but I think if you're single, you definitely need to channel this. Am I becoming the right one? You see, because I, I think far too many people are looking at others saying, are they the right one? Is this the right one? Is this the right one? But no one has taken time to make sure they're the right one so that when the right one shows up, you're ready. So what happens is naturally you start looking at a relationship that only meets your needs instead of looking at becoming the person that can meet the needs of who's coming for you. Whatever God wants to bring into your life, he'll bring into your reach. So we have to start looking at how do I become the right thing? And in the process of becoming the right person, and in the, in the process of obtaining the right character and integrity, in the process of, of developing the right heart, listen to me, God will bring the right one into your space. And listen, as long as you're not the right person for them, every relationship you have will be poison. And that's what I mean when I say that girl is poison. <laughs> What I mean is every relationship you're pursuing, rather than becoming who God wants you to be, you keep trying to fill that void in your life with other people, it'll always be a poisonous relationship that turns on you. And that's why we have to go to 1 Peter and see what he says. He says, so you must live as God's obedient children. He says, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy what? How many of us have let our character get challenged We've made decisions we shouldn't have made trying to make a relationship work that God already made clear wasn't for us. 
Like we ignore the red flags, but they're so good looking. But she's so fine. Well, ladies, he's so hot. I know, like, he, he's, like, I just, I got to have, well, listen to me. Don't let your own desires cause you to fall out of obedience to what God wants for you, right? You didn't know any better then, right? But now, say now, now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy, for the scripture says you must be holy because I am holy, right? So, so what is it that we're looking for and how do we assess, like truly assess, how do we know that the relationships are right, how the relationships are wrong, and what are we looking for in our relationships? And that's what I want to talk to you about for today because as we talk about poisonous relationships, say poisonous. So we talk about poisonous relationships and here's the first thing you need to understand, right? It's poisonous relationships are built on selfishness, selfishness instead of serving. Like poisonous relationships are built on selfishness instead of serving. Can I tell you something? Everything about marriage is serving. I'm going to say it again. Every, if you think marriage exists to meet your needs, you are so mistaken it's not funny. Like if you think your spouse, God's going to bring you the perfect spouse so that everything you've ever wanted, everything you've ever needed, God's just going to fulfill it in that person. I'm going to tell you they're going to challenge you more than they comfort you. Even my studio audience is quiet right now. <laughs> they're going to challenge you more than they comfort. They're, like, they're going to they're gonna create friction, right, More oftentimes more than anything. Why? Because God partners us with someone that's going to challenge us to live holy. And you can only live holy if the person that you're living with that God has brought into your life is someone that's challenging you rather than just telling you everything you want to hear. But here's the thing. Even in the church world, we have a misguided understanding of what the mission of marriage is. So let me just give, for, for every church kid that's out there, or every person that's never been in church, but you think this is the whole point of marriage, like, let me help you out with this, right? The mission of marriage is not sex, it's serving. So the whole mission of marriage isn't sex, it's serving. The whole goal of marriage, listen to me, God gives you a partner. And as he gives you a partner, he gives you someone that will show you all the areas that you have yet to learn how to serve in. Because he will always give you somebody that gets on your nerves. <laughs> they got something they do that you're like, by God, if I ever lose it on somebody, it's going to be this thing right here. <laughs> right? And I know when you're in the honeymoon phase, it seems like it's all about one thing. But I'm here to tell you, longevity in marriage is all about recognizing it's about the other thing. It's about serving. And so we, when we can recognize serving, we can understand what God wants for us. I remember when I was getting married to Ashley, uh, before, I was getting, before I got married to Ashley, actually, and we were dating. And at the time, I, I had been hearing these voices that I was talking about earlier, that I needed to marry a worship leader who could sing and play the piano. So then we could have a ministry together. And, we, and, and, and they're, again, they're putting all these thoughts into my mind. And, and it really jacked me up, y'all. Like, it messed me up because I honored and I respected these people who were telling me something. They weren't hearing from God on it. They just thought they knew what was good because everything that's good isn't God. So, so I, I, I'm hearing this, and lo and behold, this girl enters my life, and she is all of those things. So she was a piano player. She could lead worship. I mean, she was phenomenal at leading worship. She had all of those gifts. You know what she didn't have? The ability to serve me 
And, and if I were to be honest with you, in that time, I didn't have the ability to serve her either. And we almost destroyed each other, right? But at the same time, the girl that I had broke up with, and, and she stayed faithful at the church, stayed faithful in serving on the dream team. She looked at me dating another girl for years and watched, and she stayed faithful to God's house, even though it seemed like what I was doing was hurting her. And guess what? Her faithfulness led me to a place of realizing that's the type of person I need in my life. Because if, she, if she'll keep serving God despite her pain, that's who I want praying for me. And I don't, and I say that all that to say is, I don't even, I'm not saying the other person was bad or terrible. What I'm saying is what a lot of people told me was the right thing and what I was looking for to be the right thing were all things that were gonna serve ministry life, not personal life. But personal life is serving, right? And so I, I say all that to say is it's not about your needs. That's why I think Ephesians gets real clear on this and he says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So what does it look like to be married? Submission. What does it look like to be married? Yes, ma'am. What does it look like to be married? Like what, you know, in the right seasons at the right times, it is honoring one another. It's submitting to one another. Like it's living in that space. And that's so important. And that's what we have to recognize in our own hearts. You know, in the, in the garden, Adam and Eve were there, right? And, and, it, and it says this. It says, the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So God was giving them marriage. He was giving them time together. But guess what he was also giving them? Something to do. And if all you're doing in your marriage is fighting, there's no way you're walking out purpose. If all you're doing in your marriage is being frustrated with each other, there's no way you can possibly have a passion for lost people. If all you're doing is holding on to a marriage that's falling apart because you don't know how to serve one another, how can you ever serve God's purpose for your life? And we have to start recognizing what it looks like. God gave them something to do while they loved each other. And so God is looking to give us something to do as well, because here's the reality, you ready? A relationship built on serving will always have a foundation that resists selfishness. So a relationship that's built on serving, I'm gonna serve you, you're gonna serve me, I'm gonna serve my wife, she's gonna serve me back, because here's the deal, it's always reciprocal, right? And so you set the tone, I'm gonna serve, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna set the tone for what serving was like in this home, because of that, they can now serve in return, and so what are we doing? We're always building a foundation that resists the selfishness that says, well, I just want this. We do this together, and that's the whole thing you have to realize. And let me, just for the record, let me tell you this. If they're not good at dating, they won't magically get good at it in marriage, right? You marry patterns, not potential, okay? So, so we got to lock into those types of things, which brings me to my next point we have to recognize, right? And that's poisonous relationships will ask you to lay aside your convictions and your calling, Poisonous relationships, will, they'll ask you to lay aside your convictions. You say, I'm a Christian man. I'm a Christian woman. This is what I believe. This is what is important to me. This is what I hold fast to. And inevitably, a poisonous relationship will cause people to start to drift from those convictions. I've watched it happen in so many people that a woman may love God, and she's begging God for a husband, begging God for a man in her life. And a man shows up, and she makes him her husband, but it becomes so evident that it wasn't God's man for her life because her conviction dwindled. She was passionate about God, but she became less passionate. She was faithful in serving, she became less faithful. She was in community and, and had accountability in her life, 
then she lost all of her small groups. She, she was being disciple. What does Christ want for me? And then you slowly watch the language become, well, I just don't know if I believe that part about the Bible, right? What's happening is we're watching people's convictions blend into the people they're with. And I'll give you this for free. We'll deal with it in a different week, but I'll give you this, right? The minute you have sex with someone, you took on their spirit. So, so what we may not realize is happening is in our physical action, we're taking on a spiritual thing, and what happens is their convictions become our convictions. And that's what we have to be pris- uh, uh, careful of, and that's why it's important to know what Paul says. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. God has a calling for your life. He has a, a mission he wants you to fulfill. He wants you to walk this journey out. Listen, don't scrape your way into heaven like barely getting in by a thread. Like we want to get there with mission and purpose. And so what, what do we have to do? We have to make sure that we align our hearts that way. And we go back to Adam and Eve in the garden. We see in Genesis, right? The man said, so we know that Eve takes the fruit. She eats it. She gives it to him. He eats it. And the man said, the woman, look, who does he blame it on? God. The woman you gave me. You should have got me a different one. This one was broken from the start. I need a return. I need an updated model, right? This isn't, this, wait, he takes no, listen, because when his conviction got shattered, he took no responsibility for himself. The woman you gave me, right? And then what does he say? She gave me. So God, if you're not going to take it on yourself, just so you know, she's the one that gave me the fruit. So, so the reality is she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. So it, it, it's not my, it, she did it and, and you're the one that brought her here. So if you wouldn't have brought her here, she wouldn't have been here. What, like, and the reality is what? That's what God told Adam. God didn't tell Eve anything. God told Adam something. And because Eve was wooed, Adam lost conviction which is why you got to be careful who you partner with. Now, in that particular case, ain't a lot of options. All right, so just so we're clear. <laughs> it just was what it was. But for us, we, gotta, we have to make sure that we're, we're with people. We look at them as a template to say matching conviction matters, right? Matching conviction and also matching calling. Listen, if God has called you to ministry, then you have to be aware, friends, like especially students, that you have to find a spouse that is also called to ministry or at minimum to support you in ministry. Ashley was never called to ministry, but she was called to be my wife, and together we're in ministry. So at some shape, form, or fashion, but even for you out there, if you're going to be a person that allows the, the calling of God to move you in purpose in whatever field you work in, it's at a bank, hospital, at a restaurant, whatever, then you have to make sure that the person that is with you is also moving with that same conviction, because here's the reality. Are you ready for this? Because the beauty on the outside of them can provoke the beast inside of you. So we got to be careful. Listen, let's just get real honest for a second. I, I, I know this crew can do it. I hope and everybody watching can do it. Let's get real honest for a second. Because Eve was appealing to Adam. And she had that fruit, baby. Y'all know I'm ta- Hey, Adam. You think he was going to say no? I'm just saying. Give me that fruit. He said, be fruitful and multiply. The Lord looked, 
Lori looked at it and said it was good. So, like, we could see, don't, don't over-spiritualize these two naked human beings in the garden right now, all right? She had the fruit, and he wanted the fruit and Eve, and he ate the fruit. So we got to be careful who we're lining ourselves up with. Y'all with me today? All right, very good. I'm going to move on because I could tell y'all, all right, very good. So we have to match our convictions because, listen to me, if you don't match your convictions and you don't match your callings, you'll be convinced to live outside of both of those things. That's just the reality. Many of you right now, you don't have to raise your hand. Many of you right now can think of one person that at one point in time you were moving in one direction and they altered the direction and it wasn't for the good. They, if, matter of fact, I think for some of you, you they jacked you up. Like they messed you up. They, they hurt you. Matter of fact, for some of you right now, I even say this. For some of you right now, you're having to go to therapy because of what they did. You can't even love your current spouse good enough because of what another person did to you that you were dating. Like they, they messed you up. And I'm going to tell you, A, that God can heal it. But B, it should make us very aware of what kind of person comes into our life and how they affect our convictions. Because listen to me, this is important. God may not have given them those convictions, but he did give them to you. So hear me, I'm not talking about clear sin, just for the record. I just want to, like, I'm not talking about, like, God says, do not murder. Like God, so there, there's things that are clearly sin. We don't have to try to figure that out. But then there are some things that God gives you where you look at the Bible and say, you know what? The Bible's not real clear on this, but I know God told me this isn't supposed to be in my life. And hear me, God gave that to you. He didn't give it to them. So you got to be real strong in what you know God called you to, otherwise you might just lose it. And so the last thing I want to give you about poisonous relationships is that poisonous relationships lack peace because they move at the wrong pace. Like they're always moving at the wrong pace. Matter of fact, I, I remember being a student pastor and hearing this, and it became like the mantra that I just gave all my kids all the time. If you're looking for a, like if you're looking for the spouse, if you're looking for a relationship, this is the way, especially for those of you that are single out there. For those that are married, we're already here, baby. All right, but for those of you that are single out there, right, here's the way you can tell if they're the right one. Run after Jesus as fast as you can, as hard as you can, for as long as you can. And when you reach top speed, look to your left and look to your right. And whoever's keeping up with you is a viable candidate. Because poisonous relationships, poisonous relationships lack peace because they move at the wrong pace. I'll slow down my pursuit after Jesus so that I can let so-and-so keep up so that we can be together. No, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Like, you, you better be running at the same speed. And if you're not running at the same, listen to me, if you're not running at the same speed while you're dating, it won't magically happen when you get married. Marriage doesn't fix problems. It makes current problems bigger. So, so we have to understand that. And the, the, the big thing with this that we have to understand is, is how we have to be connected to Jesus and running after him. Because here's the reality, is that if you aren't abiding in the immovable then your convictions will fluctuate toward the immoral. What's immovable in your life? Jesus. If you're not connected to Jesus, right? If, if, you, if you aren't abiding in the immovable, who is Christ, 
then your convictions, what you believe is right and wrong, it'll always fluctuate towards the immoral. You will make excuses for yourself to do the thing you know you shouldn't do. You have already made excuses for yourself to do the things you know you weren't supposed to do, right? And the reality is we have to be very careful. That's why John 15, it talks about this abiding. It has this conversation about abiding. And he says this, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Now this is, this is so interesting. He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit or bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he leaves alone. Is that what it says? What does it say? He prunes. Say, say it with me right now. Prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. I want to take a second, because I know that this is something that's going to hit a number of you right now as you're watching this. You didn't know what to do with the pruning. You thought God was mad at you when he took those people out of your life. Matter of fact, you begged God, let this work. Come on, they're going to be so, we'll be, we'll be great together. And God said, I'm not going to leave you with that. And he keeps on going as he says this, right? As he talks about the pruning. But he says, abide in me as I also abide in you. In other words, stay connected to when he says abide. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must abide in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. You see, here's the deal. God wants your life to bear great fruit. God wants your life to be productive. God, God wants your life to represent Christ. God wants your life to be discipleship-based. God wants your life to be one that shows the world the glory of God manifested in humanity. Like, God wants your life to accomplish something, but he also wants your relationships to do that and your marriage to do that and your home to do that and your children to do that. And none of those things will happen when you bring the wrong person into those environments. And so we have to be aware of what God wants for us. That's why we, we have to realize that there are seasons in our life, listen to me, where God doesn't get you what you want. He only gives you what you need. And there are certain seasons in your life that God takes away what you want. Oh, that got quiet. I said there are certain seasons God takes away the thing you're begging him to keep. But listen to me. You thought the pruning was a bad thing but it was actually the best thing. You thought the pruning, you thought God removing that person from your life was the worst thing that could happen. You thought God taking that relationship from you, you begged God to let you keep it. You begged God to let that person stay close. You begged God to, to let that work. And the reality is, I want you to grab a hold of this right now. God, lets you, God loves you too much to let you have the thing that would destroy you. And, and so some of our relationships, we have to recognize that's not what God wants for us. And that's why he said in John 15, he said, I have told you this so that my joy, God's joy, may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Everything I have for you, it's what God wants Everything God has, he wants to give you. Everything God wants to show you. Everything, listen, he wants to give you so that his joy can be in you and your joy can be complete. Everything you're supposed to have in your life will come into your reach. You don't have to sacrifice your convictions. 
You don't have to sacrifice your honor, your character, your integrity. You don't have to sacrifice any of those things. Whatever you're supposed to have in your life, God will bring into your reach. So listen, don't chase after poisonous relationships that will destroy you. (laughs) That girl is poison. So how do I do it? You know, I talked about myself and Ashley and and we haven't had the perfect marriage by any means, but you know what? You want to know what? I, I, I can't possibly think about what my life would be like without her. And I've told this story before, but I'm going to say it again. I, the, the, there was a transition moment where I was dating this other girl, but Ashley was just there. She was in front of me all the time, and I could see she was faithful to God. And there's a number of things happening at the same time. But my mom, man, the Holy Spirit spoke through my mom one day, and, and she asked me, she said, she said, could you see yourself spending the rest of your life with one and not the other? And to be honest with you, in that moment, I said, I don't know that I can answer that question. I was with the other girl for three years, and I don't say her name because we're not allowed to, uh, just for the record. Uh, so my wife's like, don't say that name. Uh, but uh, I said, I could see my, I mean, I could do that. Do I think it would be good? Like, not really. Like, in hindsight, praise God, that didn't work out. I know all of y'all have one of those too. But... My mom asked me this question. I thought it was great. Who could you not spend the rest of your life without? Like, who? Do, because if you, whatever one you pick, the other one's gone forever. And instantly I knew this, that Ashley, my wife now, she made me a better man and would make me a better husband and would make me a better father and would make me better in every area of my life. And it instantly became a no-brainer because I realized God already had in my reach who he wanted in my life, right? So what's the magic pill for you? How do you use this starting tomorrow? Let me give you, let me give you this. Become the right person before you try to find the right relationship. The trick to all this, become the right person before you try to find the right relationship. Stop looking for what you think you need and start becoming what the person you're going to marry will need. Now, maybe you're married already. You're like, this doesn't apply to me. Oh, boy, does it. (laughs) It does, because here's the reality. If you're approaching marriage that way, it's not going to go well for you. You, We need to start realizing God put us together to serve, not to be served. And so I want you to think about this for all of our relationships. I want you to think about this. Imagine how much your relationships could reflect Christ if you became the person your spouse will need rather than trying to find the person to fulfill your wants. Imagine how much your relationship could reflect Christ. Imagine what the world would see if you became the person rather than just looking for the person. And that's how we need to develop ourselves. We need to become what God wants us to become so that we can be and represent Christ in all of our relationships. And that's what I'm challenging you with today. Let's become the person God wants us to become in our character, in our integrity, in all the things God has called us to. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you today. Father, we thank you. We're so grateful for who you are. And God, we thank you that you are leading us and you're guiding us to know, God, what it looks like to have a healthy relationship. So Father, lead us, those that are single, God, lead them with the knowledge that who they're becoming is far more important than who they're looking for. For those that are engaged, God, help them realize there may be some things they need to sort out in how they look to serve in marriage rather than just receive. And for those that are married, God, I pray that you help us see that, God, maybe there's a healthier version of serving in each one of us. God, so that we can show the world 
what it looks like to love Christ as we love the gift of our spouse that you've given us, or for those that are yet to be married, how they're going to love their spouse. And God, in that, we can show Jesus to the world. We thank you today and we love you. With every head bowed and all of your eyes closed today, if you need Jesus in your life, you realize sin separated you from God, just like it did all of us. The Bible says we've all sinned. But today, you say, you know what, Brad, there's something changing in my life, and I need to give Jesus my life. I need him to take control. Today, if that's you, the good news of the gospel is that all you have to do to be saved, to be forgiven of your sins and get a new life in Christ, all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. Believe that when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins. I want to invite you to pray a prayer that confesses that with your mouth. The prayer doesn't save you. The faith does. And so let's pray that prayer together, and the whole church will pray it with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, let's give it up for all those that prayed that today. We celebrate with you.